Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott. Okay, welcome back everybody. Episode four, we're up to now. Unbelievable, four weeks we've been doing I, this. I know. <laughs> You'd have thought it'd last four weeks. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... What have we been up to this week then? It's been a busy week. Yeah. Well, it seems to have been a busy week. Yeah, I mean, well, busy considering we're still in lockdown and, uh, yeah, we're Can't stuck, I suppose. Um, no, it, it's been pretty good. We're, we're trying to, I suppose, make the most of a, a difficult situation, aren't we? So we're trying to branch out with, with our business, uh, Veloci Driving, and we've um, moved into racing simulators, haven't we? Um, which we've been doing for a while now, but we've... Um, we've had a bit of a campaign running, haven't we? Yeah, we've, we've started marketing and, and getting that together, which has been great. And we've had... Um, so that's, yeah, surprising, actually, the interest and pick-up on that yeah. quite quickly. So that's great news. Fingers crossed there. Um, away from that, it's mainly been Zoom meetings and yeah, stuff on the website. Yeah, and marketing and... Uh, talking to a couple of drivers, we've Trying got to sort our tours and our events. Yeah, out. and we've got a junior driver, haven't we? That's uh, yeah. Hopefully, well, it's obviously it's still a little bit up in the air, but plan to kind of well, get. She's still in lockdown up in Scotland, isn't she? So yeah, so we'll have to kind of see, but try get a bit of a program together. So it feels like since the announcement from Boris, there's a bit of positivity and a bit yeah, more energy with everybody, get, really. Yeah, so so yeah, attraction. it's it's not like it normally would be for us, but it's um it's definitely getting there yeah, at yeah. least, isn't it? So. Mm. But yeah, that's but, probably um, it really so far for the, yes. <laughs> for the week anyway. So what about what about um Well the most sport, sport yeah, well the most sport world's then. been it's been pretty it's all starting to ramp up. This is a good time of year this because you don't really know what's gonna happen. Um a, a, a guy I used to do a lot of work for, um a guy called um Wayne Boyd won the Asian uh, sports car championship last oh, week. Right. And then okay. I, I, another friend of ours, uh, Andrew Bentley, was going on about he then had to pay seventeen hundred quid to spend in a 10 days of Premier Inn. Yeah, well, that's the thing at the moment, isn't it? Is if you go, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, racing driver or anything else, if you abroad and come back, you have to quarantine, don't you? So I guess you don't get any special, you know, exception just because of who you are. So I guess that's kind of one of those, really. But yeah, I can imagine that's really strange, actually, um, having to do that. Absolutely. But that's like um, one championship that's already boxed off and it's not even March yet. Yeah, (laughs) but hopefully it's going to get a bit easier um, with vaccinations now. I think eventually we'll all have like a little vaccination passport or something yeah. like we to, so we'll to allow us to come to in and out. out. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I guess so. Sorry, I'm digressing. A no, bit no, here, that's but... all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think one of the biggest things that happened this week, motorsport-wise, was, was Ferrari announced that they're coming back to frontline sports car racing. So obviously they've always yeah. been there with in the GT classes. Yeah, I think um, this... Well, I think we mentioned this actually maybe on the last pod, but um, I think this is going to be a very special era coming up for sports car racing yes um we're getting a lot of manufacturers go back into it i mean porsche um audi yeah, yeah. you know obviously Peugeot. toyota you know lots of lots of um, but yeah ferrari because of being such a big household name one that's so heavily involved in formula one to come into the hypercar scene um you know with the top league as such of, of the sports car racing world um is a big deal on big investment as well so it's it's great news for world endurance championship and for sports car racing in general um i do wonder what formula one think of it because it you know i know ferrari usually 
profitable company, but um, but the thing with the budget investment. cap in F1, it's just released money for Ferrari to do other things, yeah. and it's the first time they've run in the top class since 1973. But mm. of course, before that, sports cars were more important to Ferrari than Formula One was. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, that was what that was what Enzo liked. So I mean, it'll be interesting, like you say, because of the budget cap. Maybe that's really the big. The, the reason they've done it ultimately yeah. um, they decided not to build an IndyCar engine haven't they yeah yeah. so they've obviously decided we'll do this instead and it's interesting they've gone hypercar rather than LMDH yeah because Porsche that... have gone LMDH so they can run in IMSA but the thing for me is hypercar makes more sense doesn't it as a manufacturer but I suppose Port, I suppose that's the same as we probably Porsche, need to explain the biggest market is the States isn't it yeah so we probably what... need to explain do you want to explain the difference so so um, hypercar is is it's very similar to the rules that they are now in that you design and build the car yourself. There are some bits and pieces that you have to have. Like I think the hybrid system is a Williams system and things mm. like that, but essentially it's your car. Mm. With the LMDH cars, you buy a chassis from somebody like Orica. Um, yeah, you've got a couple of options, haven't you? A couple of options, and then you make it look like your car and stick your own engine in it. That's why I say that surely as a manufacturer it makes more... Well, I say that, I guess, thinking about it. I think it makes more sense because it's your car, yes. effectively. Well, so Ferrari you're going says. to learn more from it. That will help, you know, a big part of the, the whole journey is not just image, but what they learn to put in their road cars. Yeah. So, um, But that said, I suppose if you look at what Porsche have done, ultimately uh, it's less investment that way around yes. for Porsche, but they still get the image well, and Ferrari... everything else. So I guess, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. Yes. Well, Ferrari didn't like the fact that they weren't building their own chassis in mm. the LMDH, so that's why they wanted to do the hypercar one. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I think with Porsche, it's probably the draw is IMSA. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, the states, and like I said, the investment will be less. Yeah. But they still get the same kind of credentials. I don't, they're, they're not probably going to learn as much, aren't they, for their own road cars, but no, they'll get the right a, image yeah. and that kind of stuff out yeah. of it. So, so um, and like you say, the image over there. Because if you is, go back to the sort of, 80s and 90s you know before that you know, whatever sports cars Porsche built they could run in the states and here like not even up to 962s but then that changed with the more recently mm. you couldn't run a 919 in IMSA mm. uh, that was yeah. probably what they're thinking is but yeah so that's um that's in what 2023 isn't it so yes. um so yeah a little, little time to wait yeah but exciting um that that has been announced another thing with Ferrari I mean for anybody that watches things like Formula 2 and the junior categories is Callum Eilott um, yes. is a, a juniors isn't he yeah Ferrari junior really really good driver um, I'm sort of eager to see him in Formula 1 but obviously there's very limited seats and politics money everything else involved so um, he's going to be doing so I believe some of not all um, but the endurance cut rounds of the GT World Series um, Europe Championship in a 488 so it, it, so it be, works Ferrari drive then perhaps yeah. he'll be in line for the hypercar yeah I did wonder that myself whether they're trying to get him ready and more comfortable endurance side mm. to put it in that way I mean honestly I think in some respects you can have a, a better career going yes. sports cars but I understand totally that if you've done Formula 2 and been to the level he has that you know Formula 1 is bound to be I mean, he the only just missed dream. the title, didn't he? But, yeah. you know, Mazapan yeah. turned up with his big bag of money. And... Well, that's the thing that upsets me, because I think he's a much better driver than well, I lot, and yeah. he, de he deserves it. I don't think Mazapan but... should be in Formula 1, personally. No, but, yeah. um, well, it's very political, and I think um, has... It certainly looked from the outside like they were trying to 
almost get out of that situation. Yes. Um, but obviously couldn't. So. Couldn't, no. He's, uh, he's racing under a neutral flag. Is he? Because the, obviously Russia's banned for most things. Yeah. Drugs yep. scandal thing. Yeah. So he has to definitely race under a neutral flag. Yeah. I think, hey, how many red flags do you need? You know? Yeah. Anyway, there you go. But yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> we probably, yeah. Let's digress. not get too... Controversial. But talking of controversial, <laughs> yeah, I thought this was fascinating that you you brought this up um, earlier on uh, about Red Bull with their first run yeah. of their new car, the yeah. RB16. This is fascinating, really. Yeah, well, um, could I be guess, smoke and mirrors, but who knows? yeah, well, we'll have to see, won't we? But yeah, so the the RB16. Um, so basically, they did their um, shakedown test at Bahrain, uh, Red Bull, and um, Alex Albon was there, Perez was there, Max. And um, uh, all the photographers and things couldn't get um, any pictures of the latest car whatsoever. So it was obviously some sort of contract deal. Because they're normally dead keen for everybody to see it, aren't they? Yeah. McLaren and BBC there. So even though they had uh, announced it, um, actually they only had pictures of the RB15, so the previous car, with Alex and Max and everybody else. Um, driving that so so there's obviously I would say some big things whether it's Adrian Newey Somebody's or something. something yeah exactly it's something that they like really the are all over again. absolutely are precious about and don't want anybody else to find that. out too soon yes. so so yeah so it, like you say it might end up not being much at all but yeah it does make you you wonder doesn't it yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah especially as we're going to have more rule changes in the future whether there's yeah it, whether they're lining up for that as well i don't know we'll see but it's yeah it's, it's unusual for it to be obviously they like to keep things secret but you know once it's sort this of out double secret. yeah it's it's yeah a, bit, a little bit unusual and then of course we've got Grosjean, moved away from Formula 1 now and he's just had a test in IndyCar hasn't he yeah and apparently he really enjoyed it as you would expect uh, I think it read to me he got within a second of the quickest time uh, which I think was something like Hinchcliffe mm-hmm. fastest time um, around Barber Motorsport Park mm. which is Porsche's home in America mm. yeah <laughs> um, and he, he apparently his arms really hurt and his hands really hurt because <laughs> there's no power Mind steering you, else. I guess so after his shunt how physically fit is he? I don't know. You know, as well. well. He's used to power steering, isn't he? But he wasn't yeah. complaining. He was just, normally he moans a lot, doesn't he? But he wasn't <laughs> complaining. He was just, he quite liked it, I think, that feeling of yeah. physicality. Well, they, it, I always think IndyCar is the old school Formula One, really, yeah. um, in many respects. And, uh, yeah, anybody who hasn't watched it, don't just assume it's just ovals and they're just going round and round. Honestly, it's so Well, so he's so doing 13 rounds and he's not doing any ovals. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, you get... Almost a different winner every week, and mm. it's so close. Knows, and yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely. So it'd be great to see how he does, really. And well, that, I think those kind of spec formulas he's excelled at, you know. Yeah, yeah, because well, that's two, it. Formula two, all those things, Formula three. He's always gone really, really well. Yeah. What was the thing he did? What the hell was that? What was that called? It was like a one, like a big single seat of one mate thing, and he dominated that as well. I can't think what it was called. Like Euro Formula or something yeah. like that. It was called. Yeah. Well, didn't you say something about Pirelli? Was it Pirelli? Yeah, they had to alter their tyres because him and Lewis yeah. were pushing the tyres more than anybody else. Which is yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think he's a he's a very good driver. I think he he like well all sports people. It's not just that bit, is it? It's a lot of it is the the mental side of it, and I think he's potentially a bit too emotional. 
and yeah. doesn't always deal with the, pre- the pressure no. that side. It'd be interesting to see how he is now. You know, suddenly after a, a big crash, sometimes that changes drivers a bit, doesn't it? And approaches and. Mm. You know, he's obviously not put him off because he's gone off to do IndyCar, yeah, <laughs> which is probably more dangerous. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, not oval. So, what about F2 then? So, they've just had a big rule yeah, change I or like something, this. haven't they? I think if you're a driver, this would be your worst nightmare. Mm. But as a fan, I think it's brilliant. So, what they've done is they've now gone to three races. So, two on the Saturday, one on the Sunday. Mm. So, what happens is you all go out and qualify on the Friday. Whoever's quickest has got pole for the Sunday race. Okay. Does that make sense? They also yeah. get an extra four points for putting it on pole. Right. Okay. But what happens then, race number one on the Saturday, they start 10th. Yeah. So they reverse the top 10 from qualifying. Okay, yeah. Off they go. Race two, the grid is then the reverse of the top 10 from race one. Right. It's a proper okay. old mix-up. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday is, is, a, is the feature race. And I they... assume Sunday's where they get most points. Yes, I think they get more points for the, yeah. for the Sunday. Yeah, because it's a normally obviously a longer so do you, race. So do you qualify 10th? Or do you qualify 1st? or do you? No, I would say if you're going to get more points in the main in the main race, you, you know, if you're going to get points for putting it on pole and get more points for that, yeah, it's still going to be... And anyway, who, you know, because the racing drivers, nobody's going to try and be 10th. No, no, they're not. No, but <laughs> it's going to be, gonna gonna be strategy ball, and that will develop will as the be. year goes on. Yeah, and well, I they've like got the to learn it, haven't they? They've yes. got to get uh, used to what works, but yeah. I and I like, like the it. fact there's a bit of a reset. So quite often with these kind of, like with like with touring cars, a good example, if you have a shunt in race one, your weekend's finished. Mm. Where if you have a shunt in race one in this, okay, race two's not going to be great, but race three is a reset yeah because you go from friday's qualifying yeah yeah um, which is true it's probably a little bit fairer from that point yeah in that in that respect it is i suppose it's just um the races will be brilliant if they're all mixed up well they're brilliant anyway (laughs) aren't they you know f2 and f3 um f3 have gone to three races as well i don't think their format's changed right but they've gone three races so two on saturday one on sunday god that's full on isn't it we're going to be busy on Saturdays, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, we won't. We'll be sat on the sofa watching. <laughs> but they will. Yeah. I'm looking forward to when all that gets going. That's going to be mega. Yeah, absolutely. So what about um, moving away from motorsport? Because I know we could talk about motorsport all yeah, day, we but could. we'll probably bore people to tears. Um, so what about road cars then? The well, world of road cars? we need a lottery win this week for a couple of reasons, really. The first one is... Your, your pick from a couple of pods ago uh, of what car you'd own if you could have anything it has come up for auction which is Carol Shelby's own Cobra yeah so which is I a hell of a read, thing read about this so it's this a monster car, this car has been up for auction twice before um, oh, in it? the same auction place as well yeah oh, okay. so, so nobody's buying it so uh, no 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 sorry it's, it's swapped hands in the past oh I see so it's yeah. not like an eBay thing right? yeah sorry um <laughs> Yeah, so this is... This has got to yeah, be in anybody's Carol, billionaire's collection, right? Well, it would be in mine. <laughs> um, Carol Shelby's own Cobra. So, uh, 1966 427 Super Snake. There was only two of these built because it's actually a race uh, car, competition car, and he then decided to make it into a road car. Now, well, he decided um, he hadn't got enough poke by the looks of it. Well, yeah, this is what's... Well, this is what I've always loved. Well, I've always loved the car. that The Cobra, my dad, was always a fan. He had a replica. So that's probably the main reason. But the other thing I loved is that it's a 60s car. And this car is a 7-litre V8 twin turbo supercharger. Sorry, twin, twin supercharger. Yeah, so that's more um, all the time. You'd have to wait yeah, for it to boost up. Correct, yeah. yeah. And it's over 800 brake horsepower. 
you know so and this is a 60s car that's what i absolutely love about it so yeah so there were two but uh one was a pr car and that got crashed strangely got crashed (laughs) and ended up um, in the sea apparently so there's a big story behind that but we won't go into that um yeah so (laughs) so there's only one left um and obviously because of its history it's a very very special car um, so it'd be interesting to. There's already lots of guesses of what it will go for at yeah. auction. Right. Um, I, I think that the last time it sold, it was sold in what was it? Something like 2007 and then 2015, and then it's up again. Yeah, it, I, I think there'll be a big jump this time as well, um, just because the whole. But now he's not with us anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think it will be. Yeah. Well, I think the last time it sold, it was still something like six million back then and it, you know it's going to be i was i would have thought now quite a bit more than that now so yeah so um it's it's a very very sexy car and um i'll be playing the euros on friday and it probably still won't be enough to get that car yeah, well no i mean but yeah no you'd have to have a yeah have to have a euros win yeah yeah the normal lottery just there's no point no because it wouldn't it wouldn't touch the sides yeah um but yeah so that's i mean i know that's not that's not new cars but um you know it's still something exciting anyway isn't it yeah but um yeah away from that i mean in i mean we we could talk about normal regular road cars but that's not really What's our thing is it <laughs> you know um so you'll notice that we really talk about sports cars Stuff supercars board, really oh yeah all the things we dream of <laughs> um so mclaren have just released a um yeah well this is interesting hybrid, one really, because they seem to have they've had one car Essentially, McLaren, <laughs> since it came the MP412C and then whatever came out, it seems as though they've had this, they've had one car, they all have the same engines and they all the same. Like, so they, this is this is a whole new platform, isn't it? This one. It is, yeah. So plug-in hybrid. So I think they knew it's on the cars. They had to do it at some point, right? Um, so um, they've got rid of what is it? Their five centi S sports series which is their cars. kind of more roady focused well car. i think it was like it was meant to be the the mclaren for everybody yeah. <laughs> you know a bit yeah. cheaper you know all that of course not everybody can still afford a mclaren um but i think that's what they were pitching it at um, but a bit softer so I think, now... not quite as fierce as a yeah. 720 lt or whatever yeah exactly so so i think they've knocked that on the head uh, and this will then replace it right um the mclaren what's it called the mclaren atora atora yeah um so yeah so it's what a three liter twin turbo v6 plug-in hybrid which um, presumably is the same engine they've been using for a while so yeah but I, I think something like the carbon tub's even lighter stronger all yeah. the usual you know it's, it's evolved of course um but yeah i think that like the rest they've got to some point take this plunge into you know yeah. hybrids um or electric and 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 go down that path even if there is a u-turn at some point um, um and presumably it's got a bit of distance it'll do on its electrics so you can get yourself it's out up of to, london. i believe it's up to about 20 miles oh, okay. it's, so you'll it's get not, out of london then it's not huge but you know it's a hybrid so it's not the end of the world is no. it you know um but yeah so the, the, that's the thing quite often you'd think these these sort of cars wouldn't be in london but actually that's where most of them actually are so if you're just cruising around in in the city actually most of the time you're not going to cover that anyway are you so no, no. yeah you'll probably be able to just quietly go around with your electric mode in, in your mclaren if you want to so yes. you know but yeah so what what else is there and then well for me i mean this is not a new thing it was just something i came across this week and okay. um, that's been around for a while i think but if anybody goes on and googles a company called gto engineering what they've done is they've built a complete nut and bolt 
They've called it a revival rather than a recreation or anything else of a 250 short wheelbase Ferrari from the early 60s. Oh, okay. So whatever you haven't blown on our, on, of our lottery win on Marcelli's <laughs> Cobra, these are, a t- these are only 10% of the cost of an original one, which makes it sound like they're really cheap. Yeah. But a 250 short wheelbase revival from GTO Engineering is about 850 grand, just to give you an idea around uh, what's going on. <laughs> original short wheelbase for, yeah. I think the most famous one, still, he Moss won a load of races in, in Goodwood. Yeah. Um, so, so my money's on one of those. So go and have a little look at their website because you, and you'll want one. Yeah, we'll be oh, doing I'm the lottery. sure. I'm sure. Well, I'm already playing the lottery. I, don't, I think we're gonna <laughs> have to do it a few times. No, that's. I mean, it's cool. We'll have to just stay living here. That's the. They must believe that there's a demand for these. Oh, there know. was a two-year waiting um, list. Was there? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. But I kind of like that because the whole industry's changing, isn't it? And it's all. You know, I don't want to sound like I don't like where it's going, but it is changing, um, and it's nice to have some of this kind of old school, kind of well, more traditional stuff. But there is still a big market for yes. that. You know, I mean, the, nice. the the interesting thing for me is that Porsche this week have pumped a load of money into a new synthetic fuel, mm. which the overall uh, outcome of that is it will be as green as an electric vehicle, but you yeah. can run it in a normal car. And the thing is, if that Porsche if that a load goes of money ahead, it will be a massive game changer yes. because. One thing I would say, uh, and I, I mean, there's always debates about this, and everybody has their own opinions on it, but I'm not, I'm still not convinced that electric is honestly the way to go. You know, I know I appreciate, you know, what's the alternative right now, but that's where you've come in with that. And uh, if if something like that can happen, and Porsche and others can pull that off, that would be brilliant. That would be such a yeah such a game changer because the reckon engineers will tell you that there's so much development left in the internal combustion engine yet mm. you know that they can get them so much more efficient and, and powerful and all the rest of it and you know and the thing I always think you've got to look at the bigger picture with electric um, the production of you know from start to end not just the car running in a city it's everything you know um, and I think it's there's a long way to go for that before that's really going to really pay off which i'm sure it would eventually but it's just if there is an alternative where it can then still use a combustion engine in many respects yeah, then great I'm all for that. You know, and then we can get our sound back yeah, exactly. <laughs> go back to noisy racing cars. yeah can have v8s again and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great so um yeah so so moving on we normally like to do a little chat about driving techniques and yes things, so we, we filmed another um, one of our little driving gems haven't we yeah so basically because of our backgrounds and coaching and things um well there's a lot of people that talk about cars and driving and motorsport um but of course uh, i guess there's less people that talk about how to drive them isn't there really yes and, a lot of people tell you how good they are yeah so um we appreciate well, and not that you have to be driving something really fancy by the way to use these techniques no, but not at all. um you know anything you drive to be fair it's a it, it's a big part of you know enjoyment whether it's road or track um you know isn't it just being at one with the car and enjoying that isn't it really yeah. so each week we're just trying to give you a little something so um, you that you away, can take yeah. away and potentially try like i said it doesn't have to be on the track it can be on the road um so this week we were actually covering trail braking weren't we we Which, were most people have probably heard about, haven't they? But a lot of people aren't really sure what it is. No. So do no. you want to explain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were just look it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so trail braking is essentially the art of carrying um, some residual brake pressure into the first part of the corner. So it's overlapping braking and cornering. So 
a lot of people, when you first introduce this to them, they, they jump up in the air and say, well, I was always told not to break in corners, which, which is absolutely right. Yeah, and that's the thing. Because what you want to do is get off around the corner and hit the brakes. Ab- absolutely. And I, it's news. something definitely I get sort of questioned on quite quickly as well. But when I was at so-and-so racing school, they said, you know, to break in a straight line and then immediately off the brake before the turn. Yeah, and that's because they don't want to shunt their Formula Ford. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not because they're trying to tell them anything wrong. They're just simplifying it further, which is which is fine. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, uh, we talk about overlapping techniques and yes. stuff a lot. And at some point that has to happen to get the most out of a vehicle. Yes. Whether... Uh, and I don't mean just on track, but also comfortably, as in smoothly and everything else on the road as well, isn't yeah. there? You know. Well, if you think of the two areas, so on the, to drive quickly on a circuit, you've got to understand how to harness and manipulate the forces at work to make the car go more quickly. To drive well on the road, you've got to understand the same forces and the same manipulation to create a nice, smooth, flowing drive. Mm-hmm. So principles are identical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And trail braking is part of that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, sorry, I'll let you carry on. Sorry, I yeah, jumped so, in a bit then. <laughs> so the way to picture it, if you imagine you're approaching a corner, you're going in a straight line, you brake, the, all the weight of the car, or a lot of the car, or a lot of the weight of the car shifts towards the front end. So if you could weigh the car at that point, you'd find it was much heavier at the front than it was at the back, which means that your front tyres are being really pushed into the road, but your rears are light. That's why you're told not to break in corners, because if you turn at that point, you'll probably find you'll get savage oversteer. <laughs> but if you roll the brake off and start to peel the brake back so that the weight starts to recover a little bit, you get to a point where you've still got some brake on and the car's still slowing, but the, it's nicely balanced. You've got a little bit of extra grip at the front, more than you had if you are off the brake. And if you can try and time it so that you coincide that with the introduction of steering, you'll find the car turns into the corner much more effectively and much happier because you're moving everything slowly you're not, you never jump off the brake you never um, do anything suddenly you're peeling the brake off and introducing the steering slowly you end up with a quicker on track and smoother on the road and they, I get asked a lot oh is this something um, that is just for this type of car because it's a, oh. a front wheel drive or front engine or rear wheel drive or rear engine or whatever um, but actually even though you may change um, the percentage as such of, of how much you trail brake depending on the weight distribution and so on overall physics of the weight pushing backwards forwards side side is, is still the same so so trail braking applies with absolutely anything just how much would depend on the pace the conditions and so on that's where your feel comes into it and your experience ultimately um but yeah for anybody that wants to and you don't have to be doing this at any speed whatsoever but just initially practice once you've scrubbed the speed for the corner, um, just coming off the brakes more slowly to start with. As simple yes. as that, you know, really. Yeah, before you've got to the point of steering. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because it's a muscle memory thing and it takes time. And if you've never done it, you will find your, your foot will just want to suddenly release. So it's just, I, I normally try and just get people to start with that. And once they're a bit more comfortable, then trying to, you know, scrub the speed and then start to slowly release the brake a little bit and then continue to slowly release the brake fairly consistently as you're turning into the corner until you feel the car's nice and settled really um but you can build up to that um but it can be quite it can well i always think it's a game changer really it's, you're really setting the car up for the bend whether you're on road or track so without that um i always feel like there's a, a big part missing for the mm. for the rest of the corner really yeah 
So yeah, you can give that a go if you want to in a safe way, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No stories coming back in that no. somebody's in the in the hedge with it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a biblical understeering went off. Yeah. So um, what so, about um? So more of that next week. Yeah. So what about yeah? What's what about uh, at the weekend? Any racing on? Yeah, it's all it's getting there slowly. So it's first, I don't know if it's the first round, but there's Aussie V8s out, isn't oh, there? Oh, yeah, uh, um, Bathurst, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So that's your really absolutely love The greatest circuit in the world. Yeah, 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 well, I love the circuit and I love the, the V8s. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the supercars. Um, they're just awesome, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> just awesome. Oh, brilliant. Um, and that track, you know. It's like a really, really clean version of Touring Car. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. You know? But the much cooler cars. Yeah. Uh, um, it's and the world. It's the Rally Finland. Yeah. So second round of the World Rally Championship. Yeah. Um, so that will be interesting because um, I think Hyundai are desperate for a win, aren't they? Yes. There's something like 22 points behind now in the Manufacturers Championship or something. Yeah. So, um, and obviously Elvin Evans will be wanting to try and. So yeah, I think right, they, you know, get, yeah. Get it on so that's this Asia. weekend. Uh, so yeah, some things are starting up, and also we've got Formula E, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, Daria. Yeah. Um, which um, we're in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so presumably not got COVID there. <laughs> well, <laughs> well yeah, they'll all be. I mean, a fortnight in a Premier Inn when they come back, won't yeah, they? Yeah, well, we'll see. But yeah, so it's starting to kick off slowly. So we're, we're next week we'll cover obviously what yeah, we'll happened at, about, yeah. at the weekend as well as hopefully some more exciting. Um, you know, news on the road cars um, and motorsport as well. But any any questions or anything you'd like us to talk about, um, feel free to message or follow us on um, social media, and we'll we'll get back to you. Absolutely, good stuff. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, Fast and Fluid Conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.